Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to the Nonbeliever Bible Club. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Before I continue my reading in the book of Samuel, I wanted to take a closer look at this verse, especially because of the verse right after it, first book of Samuel 10, 12. And one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets? Why did it become a proverb? What does that even mean? Why does he ask who his father is? But who is their father, rendered in the New International Version as, and who is their father? Asks the simple question, who is leading this group? The question is asked by one of the same place, meaning some guy who knows Saul. Now to catch you up, Saul went looking for his father's donkeys, and he didn't come back for a long time. His father got really worried, and then he started sending word for him. Eventually, Saul did return, not to say hi to everybody, but the prophecy with the prophets. The Spirit of God has come upon him. Samuel, the prophet and high priest, has spoken with God, and God has chosen Saul to be the first king of Israel. This is complicated for like six reasons. Chief among them, God doesn't want Israel to have a king. He's kind of begrudging about it. The people ask him for a king, and he's like, fine, this guy, Saul, Saul's your king. Go make it happen. Samuel's like, I don't want there to be a king. God's like, yeah, I know. So this guy, plucked out of obscurity, suddenly has to be the king of all Israel. He returns to his hometown. God sends him the God juice. All of a sudden, he's speaking tongues with the rest of them, which even in the context of the Bible is weird. Saul himself is not a prophet. He is not someone who prophesizes or prophecies, even if God's chosen him to be the king. Really, the prophecy thing is Samuel's job. But you know who especially doesn't believe that he's prophesying? His fucking neighbors. So this isn't a moment of, is Saul among the prophets? This is, yo, what's up, Gershom? Oh, I don't know. Wait a second. Is that Saul? He's alive. What is he doing? From Ellicott's commentary for English readers. What is this? The natural expression of extreme surprise at the sudden change which had come over one so well known at Gibeah as Saul evidently was, shows us that this was his home. The words, what is this that has come unto the son of Kish, seem to tell us that the life hitherto led by Saul was a life very different in all respects to the life led by the sons of the prophets in their schools. Benson's commentary adds, a man never instructed nor exercised in nor inclined to these matters. It begat wonder in all those who knew his education that he should on a sudden be inspired as those were who were bred up in the school of the prophets. So that's the context of the first time this is said. But the phrase, is Saul also among the prophets, will be repeated in a different context. So did it become a proverb the first time? Maybe it only became a proverb after the second time? What are the circumstances of the second time? I guess we'll find out. But only if you joineth me as I continue reading the book of Samuel. Is Saul also among the prophets was probably like huge in his hometown. Yo, you ain't been among the prophets, have you, bro? Chapter 11 Then Nahash the Ammonite came up, 
and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out all your right eyes, and lay it for a reproach upon all Israel. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, Mm. Give us seven days respite, that we may send messengers unto all the coasts of Israel, and then, if there be no man to save us, we will come out to thee. Then came the messengers to Gibeah of Saul, and told the tidings in the ears of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. And behold, Saul came after the herd out of the field, and Saul said, What aileth the people that they weep? And they told him the tidings of the men of Jabesh. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard those tidings, and his anger was kindled greatly. And he took a yoke of oxen and hewed them in pieces and sent them throughout all the coasts of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done unto his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. And when he numbered them in Bezek, the children of Israel were three hundred thousand and the men of Judah 30,000. That's 330,000. Math. And they said unto the messengers that came, Thus shall ye say unto the men of Jabesh Gilead, Tomorrow by that time the sun be hot, ye shall have help. And the messengers came and shewed it to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow, we will come out unto you, and ye shall do with us all that seemeth good unto you. And so it was, on the morrow, that Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the host in the morning watch, and slew the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it came to pass that they which remained were scattered, so that two of them were not left together. And the people said unto Samuel, Who is he that said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the man, that we may put them to death. And Saul said, He just saved you, man. And Saul said, There shall not a man be put to death this day. For today the Lord hath wrought salvation in Israel. Then said Samuel to the people, Come, and let us go to Gilgal, and renew the kingdom there. And all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. And there they sacrificed sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Chapter 12 After the Party And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice in all that ye said unto me, and have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed. And behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am, witness against me before the Lord, and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, and whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed, or whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith? And I will restore it you, 
And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is a witness against you, and is anointed as witness this day, that ye have not found aught in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. And Samuel said unto the people, Well then, it is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron, and that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still, that I may reason with you before the Lord of all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and to your fathers. When Jacob was come into Egypt, and your fathers cried unto the Lord, then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt, and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them. And they cried unto the Lord, and said, We have sinned, because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served Baalim and Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve thee. And the Lord sent Jerubal, and Bedan, and Jephthah, and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and ye dwelled safe. And when ye saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, you said unto me, Nay, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. Now therefore, behold, the king whom ye have chosen, and whom ye have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. If ye will fear the Lord, and serve him, and obey his voice, and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. Now therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder. End. Page turn. Rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil, to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye 
shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. All right, now get out there, Saul. So things to think about. One, God never wanted there to be a king. So now they're not quite rolling out the red carpet for him. Even though he was chosen by God, Saul is God meeting the people in the middle. And again, it's hard to blame him. But what other choice does an omnipotent deity have? As we saw with the Israelites who were willing to give up their right eyes and swear fealty to the Ammonites, Israel's biggest problem, besides polytheism, is unity. And really, it's just the same problem. Worshipping other gods splits loyalties among the people. The people of Jabesh Gilead making concessions to King Nahash the Ammonite isn't a power move. There's a reason Saul, in a Samson-esque, divinely inspired fit of animal butchery, tears oxen into pieces and sends it to all the tribes of Israel. Why? Because they used to be whole oxen. <laughs> but now, they're divided. Get the metaphor? Even though having a king makes them that much more similar to the surrounding kingdoms, God allows this if the people will just unify. I can understand his apprehension. If not even Samuel's own sons can stay on the straight and narrow, how much worse would the king of Israel be capable of? Even though the following kings will be legendary. I'm a non-believer, and I know the story of David. Threw a rock at somebody, right? These are the best of men, God's chosen, men of renown. And even at the beginning, the Bible makes it clear that God didn't even want them. That the people did is regarded as shameful. They are ashamed of themselves for asking. So how is Saul going to do as the first king of Israel? Chapter 13. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him three thousand men of Israel, whereof two thousand were with Saul in Michmash and in Mount Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin, and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Sounds like they're starting to get their shit together. And all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel also was had in abomination with the Philistines. And the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal. And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Michmash, 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 eastward from Beth-Aven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves, and in thickets, and in rocks, and in high places, and in pits. You know, that was a point I should have mentioned earlier, that they only came together after seeing the oxen because they were afraid of God. Is it better to be loved or feared? Man, you have to be loved and feared. People that follow you because they're afraid might get scared off by something else. But people that love you with all their heart and all their soul. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not 
to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass, that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. And Samuel arose, and gat him up from Gilgal unto Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people that were present with him, about six hundred men. And Saul and Jonathan his son, and the people that were present with them, abode in Gibeah of Benjamin. But the Philistines encamped in Michmash. And the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned unto the way that leadeth to Ophrah, unto the land of Shual. And another company turned the way to Beth Horon, and another company turned to the way of the border that looketh to the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, Lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share, and his coulter, and his axe, and his mattock. Yet they had a file for the mattocks, and for the coulters, and for the forks, and for the axes, and to sharpen the goads. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and with Jonathan his son was there found. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the passage of Michmash. Chapter 14 Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. I don't know if the Bible is going to swing either way on this one. But I'm for it. Saul choked. The Philistines need to be taken care of. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Megron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. 600 men. Come on. Go fight. And Ahiah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the guy who fell backwards and broke his neck in his own chair, the Lord's priest in Shiloh wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes, and the name of the other, Seneh. The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. <laughs> it may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor-bearer said unto him, 
Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to my heart. He's a real bro. Or he's in love with him. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. And if they say unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto a garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor-bearer, and said, Come up to us, and we will shew you a thing. Uh-oh. And Jonathan said unto his armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer slew after him. Nice! Forgot they fell means that he killed them. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men, within, as it were, an half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. That's an interesting way to say that. So how many Hebrews does it take to get so many acres of land per how many people they kill? There's like 36,000 Philistines. And there was trembling in the host, in the field and among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers. They also trembled, and the earth quaked, so it was a very great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul in Gebeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away and they went on beating down one another. Then said Saul unto the people that were with him, Number now, and see who is gone from us. And when they had numbered, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. And Saul said unto Ahia, Bring hither the ark of God. For the ark of God was at that time with the children of Israel. Someone's getting the emirates tonight. And it came to pass, while Saul, while Saul talked while Saul talked unto the priest, that the noise that was in the host of the Philistines went on and increased. And Saul said unto the priest, Withdraw thine hand. And Saul and all the people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle. And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfiture. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel which had hid themselves in Mount Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto beth All it took was Mary and Pippin running out, being like, yo, we can take 20 of them. Brought everybody else with them. (gasps) Page turn. And the men of Israel were distressed that day. For Saul had adjured the people, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening, that I may be avenged on mine enemies. So none of the people tasted any food. Well, that ain't gonna do anything. And all they of the land came to a wood, and there was honey upon the ground. And when the people were come into the wood, behold, the honey dropped, but no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. 
But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand, and dipped it in an honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes were enlightened. It's like, ooh, honey. Then answered one of the people, and said, Thy father straightly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Then said Jonathan, My father hath troubled the land. See, I pray you, how mine eyes have been enlightened, because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more, if happily the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies which they found. For had there not been now a much greater slaughter among the Philistines. And they smote the Philistines that day, from Michmash to Aijalon, and the people were very faint, because they hadn't fucking eaten anything. Saul, doing it again. Saul's the worst king ever. Come on, Saul. And the people flew upon the spoil, and took sheep and oxen and calves, and slew them on the ground, and the people did eat them with the blood. Now it's going the other way. Remember, you can't eat the blood. The blood is the life. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people sin against the Lord in that they eat with the blood. And he said, Ye have transgressed. Roll a great stone unto me this day. And Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say unto them, Bring me hither every man his ox and every man his sheep and slay them here and eat. And sin not against the Lord in eating with the blood. And all the people brought every man his ox with him that night and slew them there. And Saul built an altar unto the Lord, and the same was the first altar that he built unto the Lord. Well, that's a great story of how the bureaucracy helps nobody. Yes, they should have eaten food before the battle so they could have killed more Philistines, because that's, that's what they want to do. Jonathan's dipping his fingers in that honey, getting enlightened. The people are starving, so they're going to eat, but then they get carried away. That is in Leviticus. You cannot eat the blood of an animal. But you told me that we couldn't. But he said that he could. But he ate the honey. But you weren't supposed to eat the blood. Now everybody's wrong. Poor leadership, Saul. And Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and spoil them until the morning light. Podin didn't know it. And let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatever seemeth good unto thee. Then said the priest, Let us draw near hither unto God. And Saul asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he answered him not that day. <laughs> and Saul said, Draw ye near hither, all the chief of the people, and know and see wherein this sin hath been this day. For as the Lord liveth, which saveth Israel, though it be in Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But there was not a man among all the people that answered him. Ooh. Then said he unto all Israel, Be ye on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. And the people said unto Saul, Do what seemeth good unto thee. Therefore Saul said unto the Lord God of Israel, Give a perfect lot. And Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. And Saul said, Cast lots between me and Jonathan my son. And Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what thou hast done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but taste a little honey with the end of the rod that was in mine hand. And lo, I must die. And Saul answered, God do so and more also, for thou shalt surely die, Jonathan. Saul, Saul. 
And the people said unto Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid, as the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he hath wrought with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, that he died not. Then Saul went up from following the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. So Saul took the kingdom over Israel, and fought against all his enemies on every side against Moab, and against the children of Ammon, and against Edom, and against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines, and whithersoever he turned himself, he vexed them. And he gathered an host and smote the Amalekites. Them Amalekites, they are always coming back, and delivered Israel out of the hands of them that spoiled them. Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan and Ishui and Melchishu, Melchishua, and the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn, Merab, and the name of the younger, Michal. That's kind of like Michael. I have a girl's name. And the name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz. And the name of the captain of his host was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. And Kish was the father of Saul. And Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. And there was sore war against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him unto him. Here's something I read in the pulpit commentary that I actually like. The summary ends with two important particulars respecting Saul's kingdom. The first, that the Philistines were powerful and dangerous enemies to Israel all his days. The second, that in order to carry on the war with them, he ever kept around him the nucleus of a standing army. In thus forming a school of heroes, he raised the whole spirit of the people and took an essential and necessary step for maintaining Israel's freedom. With much of the despot in him, Saul had grand qualities as a soldier, and for many years admirably fulfilled the primary object for which he was chosen. While he was thus giving the nation internal security, Samuel was teaching it how to use its growing prosperity and was raising it in the scale of intellectual worth. If in the time of the judges we have Israel in its boyhood, as in the Sinaitic desert we have it in its infancy, under Saul and Samuel it reached its manhood and became a powerful, vigorous, and well-ordered community, able to maintain its freedom and with means for its internal development in the schools of the prophets, which ended in making it not merely enlightened itself, but the giver of light to the rest of mankind. There's a sermon for ye. But I like that, especially with the indecisiveness of Saul, like the indecisiveness of a young man. You ever see somebody who you know should be leading, and then they look around and they're like, uh, well, what do you guys think I should do? Awful. Saul represents order and structure, but no action. While Samuel is an old head, he is all wisdom. So, where will we find the action that we so desperately need? Chapter 15 Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, and numbered them in Telaim, 
200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek, and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart. Get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye shewed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, Agog, and he took Agog, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, a lady Gaga, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Ah, but if you notice, that's not what he was asked to do. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, It ain't good. When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go, and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agog the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Nice. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. He's not a good leader. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, 
I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word. Page turn. Of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie, nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people, and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. <laughs> and Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. And here we will end our reading for today. So just like that, Israel's first king tried and failed, so that God, for the first time in a long time, repenteth of what he's done. Shows you really can't go halfway. Saul has been named king. He went to collect Agog. He killed most of the Amalekites. He killed most of the sheep and oxen and asses. But God said, kill all of them. He didn't go all the way in his commandments. He's not going to go all the way in his monarchy. In fact, he's the perfect representative of his people. But one thing I forgot is that this is a book where the first sons never do so well. Now I wonder, how will the second king do? Ah, but that is a story for another time. Thank you for joining us for the Nonbeliever Bible Club. And remember, rebellion is as witchcraft. Don't fear the words of the people. Fear the word of God. Adios.